1: the Blitz podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz, and we're a little light today on the crew, but we do have our very own Mr. Mitchell fucking McDonald in-house. How you doing, dog? How are the uh, the various birds behind you and your background today? We haven't really talked about those birds before because you. this is like a routine thing for you now.
2: Yeah, this is just podcast central for me. This is where we did the uh, live show at... And it just has much better Wi-Fi than my house, so I just come to my sister's house (laughs) instead of using my own crappy Wi-Fi that wouldn't support Skype when we tried. (laughs) So it's just become my home base. I'm doing pretty well. I just finished up a workshop for PT school. and uh, Unfortunately, if you guys can hear a little bit of a lisp, (laughs) I
0: uh,
2: re-chipped my tooth last night. I did it a few years ago, and they put a cap on it. And I got a tough strip on my finger. And it just wasn't coming off, so I was trying to get it started, and I bit into it. and I went, "Oh shit!" <laughs> it just fell right out of my mouth. So,
1: how'd you do it the first time? Ah,
2: uh, it was my the <laughs> night of my twenty first birthday. But, I can't yeah. exactly tell you the clear story. <laughs> but It happened.
1: That's why you, you just got to leave it at that. You know, chipped your tooth on the night of the twenty first. Most people will understand. Um, but yeah, good shit, bro. So,
2: me versus some tile. Lord, didn't end very well. <laughs>
1: I've had, uh, the only other person that I've seen with, like, serious, like, tooth trauma was Drew Warfield in high school. He, like, absolutely, he, like, he was taking a shower, and he tripped, and, like, fell, and, like, obviously, hard, like, tile in his bathroom, and falls, and all of his front teeth just, bam, right into the ground. Yes. And they all were, like, like, three of them were cut in half, like, did bent in different ways, like, his whole face was, like, gushing, and he still came to school, he's a fucking animal, like, I was like, dude,
2: I mean, I just look like Lloyd Christmas with this (laughs) I look like I'm straight out of Dumb and Dumber, I look like white trash, I got dead birds behind me,
1: (laughs) exactly, man, but, uh, it's good shit, you know, you fit the, you fit the role perfectly. Oh I got white trash with my mustache. Too. I'm just trying
2: to fill into the role, oh, yeah. the role here,
1: man. I've kinda got a white trash-ish hat on. I copped this at uh at Goodwill the other day. I was out um I was out running errands for my internship and uh we hand out like schedules and stuff to like businesses and Goodwill obviously they're like a corporation and we asked and they were like, Oh we're really not supposed to do that sort of thing. And I was like, Okay, that's fine. I will cop this hat for two dollars though. <laughs> So yeah, that is well worth two dollars. Oh yeah, that? you kidding? I saw it. and I was like, two dollars. I don't have two dollars to spend on this hat. I'm fucking tripping. So yeah, but that's the that's a message we want to send over here at the Blitz. Uh, make football violent again. You know, that's that's a message we can all get behind. You know, <laughs> other other statements like this
2: bring back to up the middle, like head leveling hits, like yeah, Ray Lewis. Exactly. Houston, Nothing right?
1: that's gonna like. I don't know, call CT in every single player
3: or... Right, yeah. Get a out. nice
1: knock the wind <laughs> out of, yeah. So, alright. If you weren't obvious enough, uh, we are doing, to those listening on the audio podcast, um, well, you probably know for the title, but we are doing the NFC North today, and that is our first time diving in the NFC since last year, as far as our off-season recaps go, so... Excited to get started on the NFC, a whole new conference. Definitely not as exciting as the AFC. Uh we talked about it a ton, yeah. how there was an exodus from the NFC to the AFC this past offseason. Um, guys like Devontae Adams, um he just comes off the rip like right off the head. Uh Russell Wilson, you know, etc. But anyway, AFC is stacked. NFC North definitely not as stacked anymore. And to be honest, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think that the sole reason that Tom Brady came back was because he was like, "Are you like, are you kidding?" Like, he looked at the NFC and he was like, "Oh my god, bro! Like, I could do this shit standing on my head. Like, hey, I could make it to another division championship like without blinking an eye." Don't you think that that was like incorporated in the decision a little bit?
2: I mean, yeah, but I also think at the same time, he wasn't ready to retire, and someone just leaked it, and you're like, alright, whatever, I guess I gotta retire for like a month yeah. or two. Yeah,
1: true. <laughs> but he's got himself set up on a really nice TV deal now. <laughs> so, I don't know why you wouldn't leave football to go do that. 500 million dollars.
2: I mean, that hundreds of millions of
1: dollars, will be waiting for, him waiting for him. Like a <laughs> lifetime contract, there's not even, like, it's, they basically just said, hey, we're gonna give you 500 million dollars, and... At.
2: They threw a fat stack of cash on the table, just like the Browns did to exactly. Watson and so said, here you go. Exactly. Take it whenever you start exactly.
1: here. <laughs> so, all right. Let's dive into the NFC North. And the first team that we got on the slate is the Green Bay Packers. So, on the addition side, they bring in wide receiver Christian Watson to replace Devontae Adams. Um... <laughs> I don't know if you could call it that, but you could definitely call it bringing in another receiver after the receiver room is now depleted with the loss of guys like MBS and Devontae Adams (laughs) kind of stinks. So they bring in Christian Watson in the second round of the draft. And um, Aaron mentioned it actually on draft night on the Pat McAfee show. He was like, you know, Green Bay's had pretty good success with second round wide receivers. I mean, Devontae was second rounder. Uh, Jordy Nelson was a second rounder um Randall Cobb I'm pretty sure was the second or third rounder. So they those guys tend to pan out in Green Bay under Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, so wide receiver Christian Watson comes out of uh, North Coast State, right? Yep, small yeah. small town guy. Uh but then also they oh.
3: had a really good draft too.
1: We didn't
2: mention them all, but Oh we're yeah, for on sure. And this <laughs> is
1: just these were their top 3 picks right here. Um, Christian Watson came in the second round, but probably the most notable, but to, to a surprise to a lot of people in the first two picks that they had in the first round, they took defensive tackle, uh, Devontae Wyatt. Um, but first they took linebacker Quay Walker, um, both Georgia guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's...
2: An obvious game plan there. Their defense was wrecking yeah, everybody. I'm so they
1: load up on the Georgia Bulldogs. Dogs. But um, I'll just lead off the bat before we get into the uh, departures because basically all they did was add via the draft. So, what did you think of the draft? Obviously, You were just saying some good things. Elaborate on that.
2: I mean, I let Clay Walker was probably the only pick I did not like. Because he was such a reach. Granted, there was a lot of talk about him sneaking into the first. They might not have had him at the second pick for Dave Wyatt. But it was a great draft. They even approached the offensive line, which is a bit of an issue for them. Because they don't know what's going to happen. Sean Ryan was a guy I was a little concerned about. He's kind of like one of those flex tackles You can move him in at guard or on right tackle or left tackle. But with Bakhtiari and Elton James. Elton's probably going to leave soon. You need that next guy up. And I think Ryan can prosper because they just find a way to bring in tackles and make them good. And then you have yet another deep threat guy in Romeo Douds. It's a nice addition. They need at receiver, so pretty much anything you're throwing out there is going to work at that point. And then they might have got one of the bigger steals in Kingsley mm. and Ibarre because he's pretty much a pure pass rusher, not great against the run deep, but you need body. They have good pass rushing, and bringing another rotational guy to keep them all fresh. This defense is probably as stacked as Aaron Rodgers has ever had. Probably, I would say, better than the wow. one on the Super Bowl. okay, world. so
1: at one point, he did have Jay Peppers, uh, Clay Matthews, A.J. Hawk, B.J. Raji. Like, that was... that. Was, those are some dogs. But, I mean, if you want to... I don't know if we can put them into that category yet, but if you're saying that they have the potential... Fuck yeah. I'm with that. You know, I'm with that. And Aaron Aaron's gotta be pretty happy about that too. I mean, we're always talking about how, oh, he wants his wide receiver, like get him like they haven't drafted a wide receiver in the first round since when? Nineteen nineties? It's Yeah, uh, exactly. so yeah. they've had He wouldn't even right, it hasn't been that. an option for them for twenty five <laughs> years. So you'd like to see them improve on the defensive side, you know, it makes your job easier. So love to see that. Um, but, yeah, that was a big problem for them early on last year was the defense. Um, there was a lot of concern there. Um, a lot of guys weren't playing up to expectations. But then you guys, then you had guys that were exceeding expectations. Russell Douglas, you know. Right.
2: Yeah. They have a really mm-hmm.
1: good
3: quarterback mm-hmm. room, too. Yeah, because they've got
1: Jair. They've got, yeah, Stokes, who was a first-rounder just last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? so you was got, amazing. Yeah. I mean, they're cooking on the secondary, and obviously they beefed up uh the middle of the pack there with Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker, so love to see that, but let's dive into the departure side for the Green Bay Packers, and first off, uh, offensive coordinator Nate Hackett is out of town. Um, He was the offensive coordinator just last year, uh, helped Aaron Rodgers grab another MVP award, and then skedaddled but aaron has spoke i mean it's not like he was going to shit on him but he's pro. he spoke pretty highly of him when he moved over to denver so like to see that um but it is aaron Rodgers, and it is the floor so they should be fine um but also on the departure side biggest one obviously is wide receiver Devonte adams um huge deal they trade him over to the Raiders to add on an additional first-round pick and then some. So they got really nice return for Devontae, but, I mean, it's never going to be enough for a guy like Devontae. What do you think of the, uh, the whole trade as a whole?
3: I liked it a lot better than what Miami
2: had to do to get Tyreek because they just gave up a first and a second this mm-hmm. year and called it a day. I mean, it was worthwhile because that's Derek Carr's guy. And running out there with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller leaves you with some concern, especially considering Waller's getting a little older and he showed signs of being moderately injury prone last year. So if Waller goes down, you're left with Hunter Renfro. If Renfro goes down, you're left with Darren Waller, and that's it. They definitely need. A Don't best, forget the best wide receiver to ever play the, the, the game.
1: national game of football, and that is Zay Motherfucking Jones. Thank you. So.
2: Hundred
1: <laughs> percent. But um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I like. They weren't gonna give him that money, and I I really understand where Devontae is coming from because. A lot of people were like, Aaron Foes like, oh, like, we felt like we gave him an offer that was, like, fair and should, like, I felt like he was going to be pretty happy with uh, basically talking, like, the GM, because he basically is, Um, but Devontae, that he came out in a press conference, not, like, it was, I'm pretty sure when OTAs opened, yeah, exactly, and he was like, you know, from my perspective, I only have, like, Aaron, Aaron's going on year by year basis. Now. Like he could next year be like, "Oh, you know what? Like I'm going to retire now." Like hey, he's got an option like a player option after each year. And Devontae, as soon as Rodgers leaves, then he's like shit out of luck, you know. He's got Jordan Love to deal with. I mean, he might be great and all, but who knows? But you got a guy, you move over to a guy like Derek Carr who's Solidified in a position at the quarterback position for a while in Vegas. So I think it makes a lot of sense for Devontae. Um, Packers fans, like, I could understand, obviously, I understand the frustration, but got to see it from Devontae's point of view. And like Garrett.
2: Well, he was right. about to leave for nothing if yeah, he didn't agree exactly. to And anyway. he probably
1: wouldn't have played under the tag, you know? So. Uh, but yeah, also in the wide receiver room, they say goodbye to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, otherwise known as MVS. He signs a three-year $70 million deal, $45 million deal. Yeah, I think it was 45 something like that. Um, but three-year... I think it was
2: averaging over yeah.
1: like $10 million a year, which is absurd. F- <laughs> absolutely, absolutely ridiculous.
2: <laughs> Christian Kirk ruined the wide receiver. Absolutely market. fucking
1: ridiculous. And the fact that MVS, we were talking about last week, the MBS got so much more than Juju, just blew me away, you know. But, um, but yeah, MBS is also headed out of town. MBS just feels like one of those guys that a guy like Aaron Rodgers or a guy like Tom Brady can turn into a good receiver, you know, like without those guys.
2: Poor Patrick. Yeah,
1: very true. <laughs> He'll
2: probably be very true. solid, Bill. If he went anywhere else. That would be a ridiculous contract to hand out, but he's got way more surefire hands than Nicole and even Byron Pringle. who's now on the team we'll talk about in a few minutes, but he's a much better deep yeah, threat than what for they had. Sure,
1: had. Sure. Um, also, on the departure side, to wrap it out, they've got outside linebacker Zadarius Smith leaving Green Bay, and he's headed over to Minnesota, which we'll get into in a little bit, but Now that we're looking at uh, all these ads drops throughout the offseason, we're just thinking about it. Um, Also, it would be important to mention that Aaron Rodgers also got an extension through all this. I mean, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but he also got a, at the time, it was the most guaranteed money until like uh, maybe even a couple hours later to Sean got his contract. Um, But yeah, exactly. But um, he did at a time have the most guaranteed money in NFL history. Um, but, yeah, he signed, I believe it's three, four-year extension, but he does have a player option after every year. I
2: think mm-hmm. if he goes up to five years, it's right. two dead years. You can just push the money off into right. that if they're exactly. having cap issues.
1: So, so yeah, you got to throw that into there. But um, as we're looking at it all in front of us, what are uh, some of your initial thoughts, man? What stands out to you as far as, like, favorite moves, least favorite moves? Hit me with it. <sighs>
2: Favorite moves, obviously just the draft as a whole was good because they consistently get those gritty guys in the trenches that somehow find a way to turn into superstars there. And maybe Christian Watson, he wasn't the receiver I think they'd go for, but he could turn into something because Aaron Rodgers just elevates anybody he's with. But at the same time... You can live with the Devontae Adams one if they don't have the worst receiving court. Well, second worst next to probably Chicago receiving court in the NFL. And Zadarius definitely hurts, but drafting Kingsley might be enough to kind of mask that, but they have a pretty good rotation going on in Green Bay, so I'm not that worried about the pass rushing situation. But overall favorite move, I kind of like the offensive line moves they got in Sean Ryan and Zach Tom. They're two guys that I thought had the potential to be really quality offensive linemen in the NFL, and they just landed in the perfect scenario because Green Bay just pumps them out yeah. like it's nothing, man. I do have one of our uh, hypotheticals from last week, but would you rather? It's going to be a friend of the podcast, Mr. Oh, AJ Dillon, your man.
1: The boss, 2.0.
2: All right. <laughs> So, would you rather take AJ Dillon or Kareem Hunt? Kareem
1: Hunt. Okay, so the, the passing value uh, that Kareem um, Hunt offers over AJ Dillon, but AJ Dillon is looking. can catch passes, like, and he's he can. Yeah, it's not exactly. that way easy, He's though. pretty halfway decent at it. It's just Aaron Jones is right, better. Exactly. Get the one. Um, but <laughs> go ahead.
3: Next one: AJ Dillon versus Josh Jacobs.
1: I might you go Dylan go too, because... Especially
3: with the injury. Oh, yeah, for sure. And okay. Josh
1: Jacobs was kind of supposed to be that bulldozer kind of guy, that A.J. Dillon. I mean, he's a little quicker on... Like, he's definitely quicker on his feet, for sure. But he was supposed to be that physical kind of mm-hmm. running back that A.J. Dillon is now. And um, Josh Jacobs, he's running into injuries left and right. And it's not easy stuff to get over. Like, turf toe, like, that can... It, yeah, right? Exactly. Right. That sticks with you throughout the season, you know. So it's like lingering, and there was some other lingering shit that Josh Jacobs ended up with. But
2: he's always got something. Right. But obviously, yeah. Go ahead. And then I got two more: J.K. Dobbins, and then out of spite, <laughs> Najee Harris,
1: <laughs> just because Jaden's not on. Okay. So what was the first one? Okay. J.K. Dobbins, dude. You can't. You can't put J.K. Dobbins over anybody right now, bro. He hasn't played an NFL season yet. Like, come mm-hmm. on now. Like, I people are... He, he played two years ago, but he didn't really right, get exactly, that much workload. Like. I like J.K.,
2: and his receiving game's probably just a notch above him, but I'm still sticking with Dylan because he... Dude, Dylan,
1: uh, all right, quotable moment here, possibly. I think A.J. Dylan. the running back yeah. class is really, like, as far as fantasy goes pretty weak as far as like what it's been in the past like mostly the case has been like hey okay you definitely go running back in the first and then you figure out the rest of your draft but this year I don't think that's the case like I think you're going wide wide receiver in the first round you're thinking about
2: I don't know the running backs look deep
1: this year last year you were like
2: scraping for like Eight to ten guys. Another half. Well, that's yeah. That's my point. Players. Like,
1: Someone you could has. get in. It. I think AJ Dylan has the potential. Well, I think all right. Here's my hot take for sure. I think he will have a better fantasy output this year than uh, Aaron Jones. And I think, I think AJ Ooh. Dillon will be a top ten fantasy running back when it's all said and done at the end of the year.
3: I'm not willing to put him above Aaron Jennings because
2: Aaron Jennings could likely be their leading oh, receiver true. this year because he was also leading the other two, but I definitely see him getting more of a ball.: <clears> wrong
1: Yeah, team. 100%. And we, like, towards the end of the year, A.J. Dillon looked absolutely phenomenal, like, and I was going to say Javante williams s because I don't want to say Derrick Henry, even though they came, like, Javante and A.J. Dillon basically came in together, so. Um, but, yeah, I, like, he's a bulldozer, man. I was, it, like, those third down, like, to drain the clock at the end of the game, A.J. Dillon is a dog, you know. So, but, yeah. Oh, he's yeah, going to get his go. Sure, for sure. How long? So, they signed Air Jones to a three-year deal. And then A.J. Dillon's. Was it four? I
2: thought it was four for, like, 70 or something. Yeah. for
1: running back. Mm-hmm. He making a And, lot I know, I think you might be, like, I think you might be onto something saying that he's the number one passing? <laughs> because I remember last year at times getting extremely angry because I was like, I can go out there and fucking dish it off to Aaron Jones every like every single play. Like I was like, I could do that. Like uh, this guy Aaron Rodgers is fucking fraud. Like it, <laughs> I forget what game it was, but
2: he. <laughs> I mean, he had what like a sixty or seventy yard catch yeah. in an NFC Championship
1: game, or yeah. MC just fucking, like <laughs> I pumping it, to, and I feel like we'll see a lot of that this year. But I also think AJ Don between the tackles, he's going to be a dog this year. So I'm excited for that. But all right, let's uh, let's move on to some finishing thoughts for the Green Bay Packers. Um, so what are we thinking as our uh, overall off season grade? I'll go ahead and go first, and like what they got from Devontae, I love it. I mean, Devontae is a better wide receiver than Tyree Kill. Um, so it should have warranted more return. But you know, you say goodbye to MBS, he's whatever. Like, he's just one of those guys that Aaron Rodgers makes yeah. better. I'll go <laughs> ahead and give it a a B because I feel like they're starting to set themselves up pretty nice for the future now. But this is also like... A win-now team, pretty much, because... But now mate. Right. Yeah, exactly. got errors. He's 40. he right.
0: you winning could just dip
1: out after this year. And the big thing with the Packers also, what... Why didn't they bring in a veteran wide receiver? Like, guys like OBJ, Julio... Julio, Julio makes the happens. most sense. Uh,
2: Odell, I am... I am not confident Wow, Odell even playing this year. It was the same ACL, and yeah. he did it in February. The timeline's usually like 9 to 12 months, but that's just the first ACL out there. He's coming off the same exact one, didn't even finish the full season yes. on it.
1: Well, that's why I guess everybody's so touchy, obviously, why everybody's so touchy on OBJ. Do you think he gets signed at all?
2: If he has some miraculous recovery, they might sign him when he can start, like, jogging and stuff, just so he can learn to play. Do you think, he gets, our, so, uh, do you think he gets a contract? I think he just needs the whole year off. Because you do you think he get a gets a contract
1: before uh, back from a second ACL tear, back-to-back seasons on the right. same knee? Yeah, and I mean, you would know better than anybody. Do you think he gets uh, a contract before the season starts?
3: Starts? If somebody signs before the season starts. Yeah, Fruity. Of... Fruity. They're, yeah. they're banking
2: on old OBJ. I don't know if he'll be quite the same. He's going to have to go through rehab back-to-back years. on a OBJ loves surgery. the shit talk. He might not be as nimble and agile <laughs> yeah. as what he was.
1: He loves this kind of talk, though, man. He's, he, loves, uh, he loves the comeback story. I mean, what? He's done it like three He's times.
2: Tough. I mean, <laughs> Julio would be, Julio would be yes. beautiful in this situation. I'd love that. <laughs> I've been taking him in best ball drafts. Or you keep it for the whole season, trying to get ahead of the curve before they yeah. sign him or something. Just trying to get that like fifteenth yeah. rounder to get me like. Because it feels like
1: obviously Julio doesn't have the same level of speed or quickness or route running that Devonte Adams has at this point. But as
2: he's poor man's Devonte right.
1: Adams at this point. Right. Just but he be. is that same type of physical wide receiver, obviously, and it is fucking Julio Jones. So like. Aaron Rodgers. Right. He exactly. And it. you've got your fast guys. Like, you've got Lazard. You've got Christian Watson now. Like, you've got guys that can go deep. Julio's not one of those guys, but Freaking you need, athlete. like, yeah. a solid yeah. target that you can, hey, this guy's gonna cause Who's it gonna be? It's not gonna be fucking Robert Tanyan.
2: Someone you can build, like, a rhythm with on curl wraps, Something to pick up a few yards at a time. And that's what Julio's gonna have to provide. Right. The exactly. Together.
1: But I think Julio makes so much sense in I would love to see him. Especially oh, yeah. if you're
2: win now. My grade for them, I would have to say B minus. Because this team, the defense might have improved slightly, but the offense plummeted by losing Devontae. They had a great draft. That's the only thing saving them from a C on my grade. You're just in win now mode. You can't afford to waste the. It's the waning years of Aaron Rodgers' career. He's in his twilight years, and you're throwing him out there. With Alan Lazard as your number one wide receiver, that that's not a winning formula. I know. Just a few years ago, they were so ground and pound when LeFleur first got there, and everybody was wondering if Rodgers had fallen off. But good grief, you have to do something. Exactly. To like in. you
1: can't just you can't just create a Devonte Adams like from scratch once again. Like that's my thing with this year. It takes some years. Devonte wasn't even that
2: good coming out. Like, he was okay for rookie in the first few years, and then he broke out a few years ago. Right. It doesn't happen. It does not. Work.
1: And that's like, and I know we're getting a little off topic here, but, well, I mean, it is still football, but, like, the mentality I felt like with this draft, especially with the Titans drafting, uh, why am I blank? Traylon Burks. Like, they, everybody was like, oh, that's just a replacement for A.J. Brown. Like, since when do guys, like, come out, like, wide receivers come out and they're automatically, like, A.J. Browns or Devontae Adams? Like, it's like, what?
2: Or Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. I mean, there's been a few breakouts lately that oh, kind of yeah. cloud their judgment. Just kind of like with the tackle glasses. People expect them to come out and be great because of Sean Slater and Tristan Worst in it. Everybody forgets. It usually takes a few years for a rookie to build up to the level of competition, I know, I know. And playing it's,
1: experience, it, high expectations to say the least. So crazy stuff. But they also did uh, one thing that we didn't put on this list. They did um, bring in Sammy Watkins um, to help out a little bit. But keyword, oh, yeah, keyword yeah, key being a little battle. bit right there. So
2: <laughs> him and Julio are going to all games when they're injured.
1: Then one of them's <laughs> a the other one That on like the offensive game plan. Um, but okay so let's check out their uh now that we've got our overall grades in let's check out this the strength of schedule and over under on the win totals um so over under on the win total is sitting at 11 right now at BetMGM. mGM um so and also their strength of schedule is in comparison to the rest of the teams they are
0: yeah. Line. Oh my gosh.
1: Okay. <laughs> they have the 22nd easiest schedule in the, in a, or 22nd hardest schedule in the league. So that is AKA the 10th best easiest schedule in the league. So gotta love that. You know when you're playing got like the Lions and the fucking Bears this year, oh, yeah. which I put them last intentionally because we will be going through. Yeah, they have five exactly. babies, pretty much. So, <laughs> over under sitting at 11. And obviously, I just said 10th easiest schedule in football, according to the strength of schedule. So, what are you feeling over under on the win total? What you got?
3: Oh, I'm pounding that over. I know the Vikings might give
2: them some issues, and there's a few good teams in the NFC. They have to play the one seeds from last year. So, there's going to be tough games in there. But this is still a really good football team. They can just ground and pound and win games with a defense and running game at this point. I have no worries about them making it to a And then they got this
1: guy, I don't know if you heard of him, Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback. He's pretty good.
0: Yeah. If your ground and pound game
1: doesn't work like like, then you you should be in good shape. Yeah. He can make some magic for sure. But (laughs) Yeah, I'll go ahead and pound that over as well. I mean, how many – you were mentioning it. How many teams in the NFC would you put ahead of the Green Bay Packers? It's got to be like – Maybe the Rams, maybe the
2: Bucs. Then it's like teams that can keep them. Rams. After that, I guess we don't know who's going to be the quarterback for the 49ers at the second.
1: I mean, they're saying Trey Lance, but it's going to be hard to dump Jimmy D. No, I mean it. It'd be you'd be hard pressed to put the forty ers for the Packers, but like the Bucks, a maybe Rams, a maybe a Cardinals, a severe maybe, and then
2: that's a doubtful, right, Maybe
1: exactly. doubtful. So my security system popping off because people are going in and out the door, but um, but yeah, I'll go ahead and pound the over at eleven wins. Love to see that. Um, but yeah, we're feeling good about the Packers going into this year. I mean long as they got that dude named Aaron over there playing quarterback they should be just fine and also Uh, like I think him winning back-to-back MVPs and with everything that he went through this past season I think that is one of the biggest fuck yous to sports media in the history of sports like
2: oh he just held on to him for a year straight just kept him on the line and kept bringing up drama after drama. And now he, he just
1: exclusively it. appears on the Pat McAfee show, which pisses off, like, every media outlet. I love it, dude. I, if I were in Aaron's position... Oh, uh, you know Shef Oh, yeah, for sure. Year. Dude, I'm off the chapter train. I'm full <laughs> Rappaport now. Like, I ever since...
2: I mean, after he's had so many spelling errors in his tweets that he's trying to get out first, and then pretty much desecrating Dwayne Haskins' grave by saying his career was a yeah. failure, it's, yeah. it's rough. And after going through confidential medical info for J.P. Pete's finger Oh shit, company, I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, when he blew his hand up, he actually got like, somehow he got a hold of his medical files and took a picture of it saying he had three and a half fingers left on that hand. Holy shit. It was scary. Dude,
1: he's, he's down bad. He's just trying to get canceled now. Like, holy shit.
2: He's been trying. Alright. And then they glorify him on ESPN for working so hard to
1: do shady stuff. (laughs) Exactly. It doesn't matter if he's like holding people at gunpoint to get his information. He's got the doctor in the doctor's office. Fucking Uzi on his forehead. Give me his confidential pictures.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's kidnapping their families if they want to see the kids I have your entire family in my
1: trunk. (laughs) give me all of your information so anyway <laughs> let's move on <laughs> let's move on from the uh Schefter rap report debate and let's move on from the Green Bay Packers and let's dive in to Tyler's very own Minnesota Vikings and this should be a fun one I wish Tyler were here with us to debate but um we can go ahead and shit on your team while you're not here I mean we did it with Mitch
2: yeah, hey, you guys did it with the Chargers. It's a good. It's nice to have the outside
1: influence and non. Right. The exactly. Did you like the whole conversation? <laughs> I, I thought Staley was really interesting. Like.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think if he misses the playoffs, obviously he's fired. But he's got another year to do it because you don't want to waste this rookie contract by going new offensive system, the new offensive system, new coaching staff, to new coaching staff. I don't think he's done. If he doesn't finish the job this year, what if he doesn't yeah. make playoffs, he's done. Also, uh, I think he might have missed it in the graphic. It's Sebastian Joseph day. Ah. Because I noticed Marquez Valdez-Stantling just said Valdez.
1: <laughs> you forgot the dashes, or Jaden did. Um, it's okay.
2: It's too much to write in there anyway. You don't want to make it two lines, I guess. Yeah, it's kind it of would. The it looks
1: aesthetically pleasing right now, you know. Um, But let's go ahead and dive into it. So, on the addition side for the Minnesota Vikings, they bring in head coach Kevin O'Connell, who was the offensive coordinator with the Rams just last year. Uh, former and it, he was a former quarterback. I'm not sure if he did make his way in the NFL, but he definitely played at the college level. And everything that I've heard, obviously, I don't have sources telling me anything, but like <laughs> the interviews that I've seen and like the stuff that his players are saying about him, apparently. He's hot shit, you know. Like I'm. I mean, you come from that Shanahan tree. You
2: you got oh, something yeah, for going. Sure, to and you if you lead
1: uh, the Rams in their first season with a new quarterback mm-hmm. and new receiving weapons to a Super Bowl, that's pretty fucking sweet. So also lose Cam Akers week one, and then have to figure that out or before week one in training camp, right? And still exactly. Win. The Super Bowl. And we'll see yeah. if he can uh, turn Kirk Cousins into the next Matthew Stafford. We shall see.
2: <laughs> All right, I I, I got to bring it up now for the Would You Rather, since we brought up Kirk naturally. So, would you rather Tyler threw this
3: one out there,
1: Kirk or Trevor Lawrence? Kirk or Trevor Lawrence? Got to go, Trey Law. Uh,
3: got to go, Trey Law. Kirk. I mean, we kind of knew where I stood after the Davis Yeah, <laughs> I got it. But... Uh, he's
2: just shown me he can be an above-average Oh, t- Trevor Lawrence? That's all I need.
3: Yeah. No, Kirk.
1: I'm yeah, Kirk. but Trevor Lawrence is like a franchise guy. Like, Kirk Cousins is definitely...
3: He,
2: he never had, like, the major flashes in college of, like, Heisman potential. Even though he won one of the best programs in the... You just said that LA, Trevor
1: Lawrence never had he Heisman flashes?
2: Never had the true Heisman classes. He was always getting beat out by guys like Baker, Kyler, Tua. They were all. Heisman I also think 100%. a lot of that. He was solid and steady throughout, but he's on one of the best college. This is
1: the team. whole. This is it the whole narrative blast. around like the reason that I mean I don't know I'm not saying this is the explicit reason, but I think a lot of the reason that Trevor Lawrence didn't win those Heisman's over guys like Baker and guys like that, like Tua. Um, The reason he didn't win is because Trevor Lawrence has been balling out since his freshman year. Like, I mean, people have kind of just been like, oh, like Trevor Lawrence is always going to be here. But how about let's give it to the guy who's only going to be here like this year because he had like an abnormal year, you know, but.
2: He didn't even show like the flashes that Sean had come to. He looked like he was the real deal. I don't know why he wouldn't get more hype out of the draft. Maybe the rubbing tub was kind of. Under the table, talked about pun intended <laughs> on the under the table thing there, but uh, he stepped up to the number one seed of Alabama and just dragged that team on his back, made big play after big play, clutch play after clutch play. He kind of showed that superstardom, and I feel like Lawrence kind of faded away from it in some of those playoff series okay. games.
1: Agree to disagree. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was the quarterback prospect, like, forever. And then he came in, he was drafted number one because he was the undoubtable, undebatable, like, number one quarterback prospect that we would see, like, a generational prospect. And he looked like a completely different quarterback after Urban Meyer left last year. Like, imagine trying to play your... He looked like a
2: a regular rookie quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Like in his last game uh,
1: against um, Indianapolis. Like, yeah, exactly. Like against a really good defense in Indianapolis. Like he was really starting to hit his stride under Bevel last year. So anyway, I like uh, Trey. Yeah, go ahead. Got a few more. Jimmy G versus Kirk. Wow. Probably
3: leaning Jimmy just a little. Just because he has... He finds a way to get
2: there. Then I've got
1: your boy Carson Wentz. Gotta go Kirk. Kirk's been winning more than Carson has. You know? I think those are very similar comps, though, right there.
2: They're very close. They're probably like 14, 15. But Carson, like, I
1: would say that then, Carson has the potential still to play at a very, like, top five level.
2: But you know his floor is way lower than Kirk's because Kirk's floor is right. pretty much his exactly
1: ceiling. Exactly. It's He's back. just a middle of line kind of guy. You know, but I miss him in fucking Washington, so
3: And then I Yeah. Two more. Matt Ryan and then Baker
1: Mayfield. or Kirk Cousins. I gotta go Kirk. I think.
3: I'm giving a slight edge yeah. over Matty Ice,
2: yeah.
1: And then I'm taking Baker.
2: He was banged up so much last year, and the
1: last time we saw him fully healthy, yeah. he looked. No, I mean he won. Like the the whole Baker situation is absolutely crazy.
2: He beat the Steelers.
0: Well. He handed it's you. Like he he hand handed your franchise. Yeah. yeah. He handed your
1: franchise the first playoff win in for literally forever, and then you go ahead and give three hundred million dollars guaranteed to the guy who's. Um, Ending his massages uh, inappropriately. Uh, apparently, 66 of them. Which is uh, interesting. The man brings his own towel. Like, dude. <laughs> oh All right in the middle? Alright. Alright. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Let's keep going with the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings sock. We just had a little name game with uh, Kirk Cousins. But, I mean, it's hard, like... Would you call Kirk Cousins a franchise quarterback? Yeah.
2: i call him a fringe quarterback. Like, oh, If you have like an amazing roster around him, kind of like with Jimmy G, you can make a push, and if you catch just a good run of games and the team's clicking, you can finish the job. But you, have, you pretty much have to put it as far out of his hands as possible, make it a run game and good defense to get to that point, which is what everybody does with Jimmy G. But when you draft Justin Jefferson and you had Stephon Diggs before, it's hard to take the ball out of their hands because you're either going to hear about it from them and the fans or they're just going to be pissed and lean because you just lost to drill down every single yeah. for not using the I,
1: I will say that I think Kirk is a little bit more physically talented than uh, Jimmy G is. He can throw the long ball. Jimmy G cannot really throw the long ball at all. Um, so I will say that. But That's close. That's close.
2: Decision-making probably slightly more for Jimmy.
1: Both those guys come to mind right away when I think of quarterbacks that you can win with, but not win because (laughs) of, you know? Yeah. Like, if your quarterback goes down with an injury, you're calling to trade
2: for a guy like that. If you
3: thought you had a chance that year.
1: How about, okay, last one. Kirk Cousins or Matthew Stafford before this past season?
3: Oh, I'm thinking Stafford off. He still showed flashes. He was dragging a literal carcass. Yeah, no, that's definitely
2: true. He literally broke his collarbone and then finished the game and had a game-winning touchdown. He had a lot of boneheaded mistakes, but he had to force the action because there was no other Very action. True.
1: Very true, he, that's fair enough. Fair enough, but I think that's... Yeah, that's kind of close, though, because, like, I mean, in hindsight, it's easy to say Stafford, but...
2: No one was really considering Stafford that elite quarterback. I just saw the flashes of right. trust in him. Exactly. Going into and he can, do,
1: he can do things with the football, and we've seen now. He can do things with the football that other quarterbacks just can't physically do, that only that elite company of quarterbacks can do. You know, So, Kirk Cousins, not one of those guys.
2: He's just got that yeah. extra piece. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, okay.
1: So, they bring in Kevin O'Connell for a quarterback to be their new head coach. Uh, they also bring in defensive tackle harrison phillips um like we mentioned earlier with the packers they nab outside linebackers at darius smith from green bay bring him in on the defense much needed help uh, they also bring in corner cornerback andrew booth out of clemson um highly regarded prospect uh, nice addition for them it was surprising that they didn't go corner in the first round but they obviously ended up going corner in the second, and... They
3: were yeah, pretty close exactly. Together.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I thought, like, there was, like, a big debate. Like, everybody... They, obviously, they were pickets close together, and now it's easy to say. But, like, at the time, it was like, whoa. Like, why do you need a safety? <laughs> whoa. But, um, but, yeah. So, Andrew Booth out of Clemson. They bring him in. And they also bring in safety. Lewis Seen out of Georgia with that first-round pick. So, on the departure side... They say goodbye to longtime head coach Mike Zimmer. Let's clap it up for Mike Zimmer real quick. Hell of a career, dude.
2: Tyler was praising Jesus <laughs> the day they fired him. He had been calling for it since a week it's, one. It,
1: but like, dude, gotta think back. Like, Mike Zimmer's been with the Vikings forever, dude. Like, I mean, ever since we started, like or ever since really I started getting into football, Mike Zimmer has been the head coach to the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, You think back to like, geez, what was it? Jake? No, Jake Locker was in uh, Tennessee. Who's the? Who's the guy who was in? Um, ponder, Christian Christian Ponder.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: I know. I know. You got to think back way back to guys like Christian Ponder. Like that's how long Mike Zimmer has been around, and he was around before that. I mean, he was the head coach, prime Adrian Peterson. You know. The Adrian Peterson that's going to go in the Hall of Fame, that's the running back that Mike Zimmer was coaching, you know, in his prime. So let's clap it up for Mike Zimmer. You know, hell of a career. Hell of a career. But he, this. can be a defensive yeah, this, coordinator uh, now. I'm, I'm, what's that quote from uh, SpongeBob? It's like, how many times have we got to teach you this lesson, old man? Like, how many. <laughs>
2: that
1: was any team looking at the Vikings. Yeah, exactly. When how many times have <laughs> we got to teach you this lesson, old man? Not an old man's league anymore, Zim. Sorry about it, but um, yeah, a hell of a career, good cool. shit. So, all right. Also on the departure side, they say goodbye to tight end Tyler Conklin. Not too too bad there. Uh, defensive tackle Michael Pierce also headed out of town. He's now in Baltimore. Uh, linebacker Anthony Barr, but they brought in uh, Zedari Smith, kind of to replace that. Uh, Anthony Barr. He played mostly on the outside, if I remember correctly, but. He's a big fella, so he's kind of moved interior. But um, they also say goodbye to safety Xavier Woods as well. Um, but yeah, they did. I don't know if you want to consider this, and there was debates that Kirk might get traded this offseason, possibly. Um, I mean, at some point during this offseason, it was a debate whether everybody was going to get traded. You know, <laughs> so.
2: There was, like, five quarterbacks off the table right, for Kirk. exactly. There was point. just
1: so much negativity so surrounding Kirk for a while, like, with, um, with Amari, or was it Amari or CD calling him, calling Dak the black uh, Kirk Cousins? <laughs> it's, like, that came out, and I was, like, oh, my God. Like, we can't even call him Kirk Cousins. Like, we got to reduce it to, like, the black Kirk Cousins. Like, Kirk Cousins is so bad. That, like, we have to distinguish. Like, it's uh, absolutely fucking crazy. But, um, but yeah, so looking at this list, man, uh, what, uh, what, what pops out to you? You know, favorite moves? Least favorite moves?
2: I liked what they did in the draft. I just didn't like how they did it. Because, like I said, they made that trade with the Lions so they could get 32 and 34. They let them jump up to 12 for like nothing. Granted, I had a first and very early second, pretty much a first at that point. But they jumped up 20 spots to get Jameson Williams, who could very easily torture them for years. That was a dumb trade. I really like Lucine. I think he might end up being regarded higher than Kyle Hamilton just in coverage because I think the Ravens are going to need a front playing more linebacker. And he's gonna get shattered as a safety, but I really like what they did overall. O'Connell should bring a little bit of juice that Zimmer didn't have. Zimmer had no idea what the hell clock management was <laughs> in the NFL apparently. <laughs> but uh, only move that would not huge on might have been Andrew Booth. Like he has the upside there, but he's gone through two surgeries this off One of them was just a core muscle thing for a hernia, but. Yeah, it's it followed him his entire time through college, but he's definitely got the ceiling there to be a productive corner when they needed corners. At the, uh, yeah, at at the end of the
1: first round, when they took Scene, do you think they could have possibly taken a cornerback that you would have liked more than Andrew Booth?
3: No, nah, a lot of the top level talent was kind of already gone. Yeah, at that point,
2: you're just fighting for the fifth year, and I think Lewis Sean, you're going to want before you have to pay him out. I mean, Booth could be a solid starter, but I don't think he'd be the same value. Like, you're not saving as much money by using that fifth-year on him as you would right. for a guy like right. Luke. Exactly.
1: And the argument that I'll make for the Vikings and in favor of trading down like that, I mean, at value, who are you going to get? Like, we knew that they needed to bolster the secondary. Outside of the guys like Singletary, Sauce, and Kyle Hamilton, you know, you weren't going to...
2: There was a lot of solid guys, but not a lot of guys you're willing to throw out there against one the Right. Exactly. So
1: yet. you were gonna get mostly the same guy, like the same guys that, like, at the end of the first that you could have gotten at twelve if you were looking to address your secondary. unit. So I, I liked the move. You know, I liked it for the value. Like, you weren't gonna get any. It,
2: it's just it was with a division rival. It, like, if it was blank slate. You tell me it was like they yeah. traded with the Rams or something? I think it's just the situation. Okay. Not horrible. You get two really solid picks and then give up right. a later pick. I
1: think it's just like the situation, you know, like situationally based, like Like you said, off the top of your head, if like you say that right now this trade happens next year, it's like, oh, you're fucking crazy. But like looking at the draft board, they knew that they weren't interested really in any of those guys that were going to go that high. So you might okay. as well trade back.
2: I guess they could have made, like, a monster trio with Jameson Thielen
1: and Justin Jefferson. Yeah, but they they knew what they yeah, needed to do. That would have been Bengals 2.0 that. out there, you know. But <laughs> Bengals have a better secondary. So, but yeah. All right. Uh, as far as moves that pop out to me, huge fan of Zadarius Smith. Um, I've always been a big fan of Zadarius Smith, uh, former Cat. So, I'm not... I mentioned on the podcast last week, I'm not saying he a cat because that's already a coin term for the turps yeah exactly so he is a cat um he was at one time a wildcat at the university of kentucky that's what i'll say but um yeah but yeah like they say goodbye <laughs> jeez <laughs> i don't know how to keep going after that <laughs> all right but um but anthony barr like Zedarius Smith comes in to replace Anthony Barr's production, and Zedarius Smith is a better football player now than Anthony Barr. It's not really close, you know. Darius Smith is still playing at a Pro Bowl-type level, an All-Pro-type level, and Anthony Barr has never really played at that level unless...
2: I think he's made a few Pro Bowls. Like, he's definitely a better-tiered linebacker, but I don't think it has been, like, perennial Pro Bowl or, like... Sign him to this ridiculous. I thought he was
1: a first rounder practice. out of UCLA. Like I always just thought he was like above average. Like, oh yeah. Him and Kendricks together kind of made up right. for each other. Exactly. But um, we bring bringing Smith now to compliment Kendricks, right? So gotta love to see that. Gotta love to see that, and then okay. you bolster the secondary. Love to see that. I mean, we talked a lot about um, Andrew Booth coming into the process. You know, he's athletic, probably. Arguably the most athletic corner outside of Derek Stingley that was in this draft. So, I like that. Like, and I'm a huge fan of Cena too. Um, he was kind of like, last, this time last year, like he was being mocked like top 10 pick. You know, but fell as the season went on. So, nice value pick there. I don't know
3: why. He
2: had like one of the highest PFF grades for his position mm-hmm. in college. Granted, they don't do every school. They just do like a few power fives, I think. Right.
1: But yeah. still, think um, but yeah, I'd love to see that. And then I'm a huge fan of the Kevin O'Connell signing as far as head coach. Um, I think that's probably top five for me. Top four even maybe from this past hiring cycle. I would put Josh McDaniels. Um, Josh McDaniels, Kevin O'Connell, in no particular order. Mike McDaniel.
3: Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were McDaniel,
1: right off the bat. Josh McDaniels, Kevin O'Connell, and then who am I? What kind of other hires am I forgetting? No.
3: Lovey no. Smith, Todd Bowles.
1: Like, I, th- I feel like those three are like... A,
2: uh, Dennis um, Allen
1: promotion. There's a lot of yeah. hiring. With him and and I stuff. think all of them. Um, yeah, Dayball. Yeah, oh, Dayball. For sure, for Dayball. 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 <laughs> Probably you could put him above O'Connell. But um, it's close. It's close. I'm a huge fan of the O'Connell signing. Um, so, looking at all this right here, what are, we, uh, what are we thinking as far as an offseason grade, man? I'll throw it to you.
3: I'm leaning towards, I'm going to go B+. I don't think it's quite an A because they didn't have that
2: superstar splash. But I think it was good. They gained more than they lost for sure. And I, they needed the fresh blooded coach because Zimmer had just kind of flatlined. Everybody's figuring him out, knows what he does. And they are starting to, well, here's some Smith not getting younger. I think Louis seen supposed to step in, learn under him, and then become this next top five safety learning under his tutelage. I, I think Booth could have been a better corner if they just stayed put, but then they wouldn't get seen, too. So I really like what they did this offseason. Smith should help make a splash and pass for and Griffith. Griffin
1: should if be he, good. If his he camp, can manage... And
2: they
1: should be able to keep the And I do not mean to make fun of mental health here, but if he can manage not to have a schizophrenic episode at his house, um, he will be a good football player this year. If he can manage not to, like, throw his gun around his house, like, he should be okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Keep his head on, on a <laughs> you just tell people with schizophrenia hey man just keep your keep your head on tight keep your head on just make sure yeah <laughs> <Take> your medicine. <laughs> yeah love but mine. um I'll go ahead and slap a b plus on this man I'm really feeling the Vikings this year i love obviously new regime with Kevin O'Connell there and you look at this team on paper and you've looked at this team on paper the past couple years like if the Packers weren't in this division they would be pretty much easily winning this division every season. And... I think the only thing
2: they're really missing is, like, offensive line, which is... They're not bad. It's just not... Right. And you've
1: got, you've got Dalvin Cook in the backfield, top five running back in the league, if not top three. Then you've got Justin Jefferson, probably top three wide receiver in there. So, Adam Thielen, obviously on the backside, but a lot of teams would really love to have Adam Thielen as their number two option. Then you got KJ Osborne coming up. He showed flashes last year. And then you've got like you, you at,
2: I mean, Irv Smith's
1: right? taking over tight <laughs> end.
2: Maybe he won't be the next O.J. Howard. He'll actually materialize. <laughs> O.J. Howard NFL. was
1: such a cheese fan for such a long time. Um, but yeah, like, so was I So I. I think everybody was high on him, and then he just proceeded to let everybody <laughs> down. But um, but yeah, I really feel like they're flipping a new page for the Vikings. I think. Oh, Jacob just hit us with his annual go Ravens comment. Thank you very much. Thank you very cool. much. You missed that episode. Just kidding. You were on the Ravens episode, but uh, that episode was a little <laughs> while back. But um, we might just have to run a solo Ravens episode just for, just for uh, Jacob. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's a loyal commenter, so got to respect that. <laughs> but yeah, I love what the Vikings did. I really feel like they're turning a new page. They bolster that secondary. That's been much need. And they did bring back Patrick Peterson, right? So he'll be able to coach those guys. Yeah, I think
2: he, I'm pretty sure he got a yeah, one. So he'll be able supplement. to coach those guys
1: up. I really like that. Um, so but yeah, good shit for the Viking side. So let's dive into uh let me look at the over-under on the win totals. So we have over-under is set at nine wins. And as far as strength of schedule goes, they have the 20th hardest schedule in the league. So, a.k.a. the 12th easiest schedule in the league. So, what are you thinking, man? Do you think they go over nine wins, under nine wins? What we got? What are we feeling?
3: I think they can get ten wins pretty easily.
1: This
2: 12th easiest schedule in the league, this team's stacking up pretty well. Kirk's been there. He's got ebbs and flows with everybody on this team by now. I don't think they beat the Packers in the division. I'm sorry, Tyler. I know you wanted us to say that. But I think they can definitely be a wild card team in this NFC and get to at least.
1: Yeah, I them. totally agree. I mean, with I mean, these past couple of years, it felt like you could have picked the Vikings easily as one of those wild card teams. I mean, it was, a, it was kind of a shock that they didn't make the playoffs this past year. I mean, they were expected to. So, But now that they've got that new regime in there, I really like it. And this is not the Green Bay Packers of last year. Devontae Adams is not there anymore. They have gotten a little they have gotten better on the defensive side, but those guys are rookies. You know, you're going to have to coach them up. you are going to struggle to start the year and the Vikings have an elite offense, you know. I mean, they have we're talking about the Bengals all the time and how electric their offense is. I mean, this is probably pretty much on par for the Bengals' to
2: they're just a little, bit be- need a little bit better quarterback play. And then they'd be right. on guard. Right. Exactly. Like but that.
1: Kirk can play really well at times. So, yeah, I like the over. And I do like them as a sneaky. Not even sneaky. They should make the wild card or it's a disappointment for sure. Yeah.
2: Nothing sneaky about it. This team's been present for years. I think coaching is yeah. just kind of holding back. As Tyler would definitely agree when he, <laughs> he hears this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think he's listening to it right now. He's sexing. Um, but I do have to take a piss like my life depends on it. So I'm going to throw us to the uh, we'll be back screen and we'll be back momentarily. You know, that's what we have it for. So I could take a mad piss break in the middle of the podcast. So <laughs> I, I'll take it.
3: I can bridge this into the next <coughs> one. I, I, I mean, you can check. if you want. Up to you, man. Yeah, I'll, Okay. I'll sweet. leave us off with the line, dog. There you go. Take it away. All righty.
2: So, for our next one, we're moving on to the Detroit Lions, who, with the number two overall pick, managed to get Aiden Hutchinson. Fell right into their lap, homegrown talent pretty much. His hometown team could not have gone better for them, for the Jags' take Trayvon Walker. Massive add for them because pass rush, was okay at best. And then you look at the next move they did. Jameson Williams, a massive trade for them. We just talked about all the details with the Vikings. But to add another receiver to this team is massive. Amon ross St. brown burst onto the scene last year, and they also picked up EJ Chark. So this team has been scraping for receivers for years. Last year, Tyrell Williams came into there as their number one receiver, and he's not even on an NFL roster at this point. They, They were scraping the bottom of the barrel. And to manage to get two guys that can make an impact immediately on this team should do wonders and make people not think Jared Goff is quite as bad as he was. And then yet another sneaky guy, Deshaun Elliott from the Ravens. This is going to be huge for them. They are, I wouldn't say revamping secondary because they already had Okuda, and they're still, they are still have, kind of have their eggs in that basket. Haven't seen him yet. Last year, he was playing okay before the Achilles tear, but... I just love what they've been doing. Then they managed to get Malcolm Rodriguez a sneak pick later in the draft. Just an absolute freak athlete. I think he was like five foot ten and put up 34 reps on the bench press. This is not a big guy, in, but he is strong. Overall, this team, they're one of my sneakier teams. I'll wait for Kane to come back before I dive, digress into that too bad. And you look at what they lost. They only lost Jalen Reeves-Mason, who... I guarantee 95% of football fans couldn't have picked his name out of a lineup or figured out who he was on the field watching any game. Because, well, one, lines never on TV. This team, in my opinion, has a chance to make a major leap. And they at least have the foundation going forward with great coaching staff finally making good choices at managing on this team. They're, they still have to deal with the Jared Goff contract while looking for that next man up. And I think they at least have the foundation to move forward, if not make a leap, because we've seen Jared Goff be a Super Bowl quarterback before. It's not like it's impossible to win with him. He's probably in the same tier as Jimmy G. Probably, not quite Kirk, probably, but there is a long list of quarterbacks that, like Kane mentioned earlier, you can win with or you can win because of. He's not been because of them. He is one of the many quarterbacks that you can win-win when you set up the roster right. Probably my favorite thing of the offseason because I was a massive Jameson Williams stand. I, I wanted him to get to the Chargers. I knew he wasn't going to make it there because he was finally getting the hype he rightfully deserved. That ACL tear kind of ruined his draft stock. He might have been the number one receiver overall if he had come in healthy. I'm pretty sure he would have been, but... Injuries there, and you kind of have that tag as an injury prone guy. So that's where it goes. And they got that trade up on a massive. They move up 20 spots with a division
3: rival for pretty much nothing to get a potential generational talent. Yeah. There we go. Sweet. All right. I got one thing to toss to you. I was
2: talking a little bit about Jared Goff. We're okay. doing the "Would You Rather" again, and I'm going to toss out the exact same names from the Kirk Cousins debate because I think Jared Goff has been to a Super Bowl. You can clearly win with him. It's just whatever happened. What like what has There's happened
1: to Jared ones. Goff? Like all of a sudden he went from being like not like not on the level of the. MVP Yeah, exactly. And, like, he I, I remember, like, he was making appearances at, like, people's, like, community colleges, dressed up, like, because he was the guy. Yeah, exactly. Because he was the guy. guy at one point. Like, he was, like, an NFL quarterback, like, a really fucking good one. And then all of a sudden, he just, like, for a couple... Yeah, He did have a big contract, and the play... Towards his end of his career in LA with did or St. Louis or whatever, but didn't really warrant uh, that kind of money.
2: He's trying kind to of relied on play action so heavily and when you don't have like Todd Gurley handed it off to you, they're not gonna bite on it as much. I guess he didn't quite have a true deep threat. Woods and Cooper Cup I mean they have the ability to go deep, but you're not necessarily terrified of right. them going and deep and would
1: you but- yeah, Especially not with and we stars. think, I mean, <laughs> it's got to be some, like, and his decision-making, too, towards the end. I don't think we even really got to see what Jared Goff was as a quarterback in Detroit this past year. It's like, he barely existed as a quarterback.
2: Wow. I mean, I, I i mentioned it, like, Amon Ross St. Brown burst on the scene, but going into the year, Tyrell Williams was their number one receiver. <laughs> he doesn't have a job right now. They were... Scraping the bottom of the barrel for anybody with a pulse that has how they ended up. It like,
1: I just yeah, St. Brown though. That was a nice find for them. Like, I, mean, I think Amon Ra St. Brown. we're... projections for this year, as far as fantasy goes, I'm on uh, Amon Ra. You got any bold predictions? that are out there. i mean,
2: I'm the dynasty owner of him, so I obviously love him. But I think he's going to get overdrafted still. He, He'll probably range around, like, the 12 to 15 points per game with a couple of outbursts, kind of like last year. He's going to get his catches. He can easily be a 5 for 80 guy, like get you that steady 13 in a full-point PPR league, but I don't think he's going to have the explosions. Right. Just but the, the weapons are
1: start. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe,
2: maybe, like, one burst out, but uh, if Jamison's there, and then Turks there as well, you gotta worry about mouths to feed, <laughs> but Amon Ross Brown is definitely gonna be their safety net receiving option. I don't think there's any And then you got Hawk to there too,
1: that. who now should I mean he should be starting to come into his full loom. You know. Like tight ends, obviously they're gonna yeah. take a few years to figure out how to block and catch passes in the same in the same role, you know. First year so but I was just looking at uh, Jared Goff's PFF ranking from last year. Here are the only quarterbacks that finished below him. He finished 31. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Taylor Heineke, Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, Sam Darnold, Ben Roethlisberger. Guys ahead of them, notable guys ahead of him, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, Justin Fields, Trevor Simeon, Tyler Huntley, Andy Dalton, Tua. I mean, Tua's not. Then you start to get guys like Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones sits at 21 on the PFF from last year. Jared Goff sits at 31. That's how much of a difference between, like, oh. literally Jared Goff didn't exist last year. Like, you can't convince me that. But this year, like, we haven't, that is not a statement that they have said in Detroit in a very long time, is what you just said. Like, yes, it's sure. they've got maybe too many mouths to feed. Like, but that's an extremely good thing. You know, that's an extremely good problem for Detroit to have. And they have a the
2: great O line, they have a great running game. Jared Goff realistically shouldn't be anywhere near no. as bad as he was last year. Absolutely time. not. Absolutely. But he's Jared
3: Goff.
1: He has that no excuse. Like he <laughs> should be able to lead this team to there should be a hundred a thousand yard wide receiver on this team. A hundred percent. You know. So
3: all right. So Quarterback debate on the would you rather Trevor Lawrence versus Jared Goff? Trevor Lawrence, yeah, even <laughs> I have a cave on that. <laughs> Jimmy G versus Jared Goff, Jimmy G borderline, same thing.
2: Both have gone we gotta to go. Jimmy Bowl. G,
3: I think, be about the same like,
1: time. I think his Jimmy G's right. contract, but Jared Goff thing. does not have a friendly contract <laughs> it's right now. Better. Yeah, that's why I'm
2: saying Jimmy G because it's slightly less than. (laughs) Then we got Carson Wentz. Carson, I think there's a debate to be had there, but I'm giving Carson the edge just because. Probably a little biased, but I'm
1: not giving Matt Ryan. I'm putting Carson ahead of Jared Goff. Uh, Matt Ryan or Jared Goff? I think that's close, man. I think that's when you start to get close.
2: I, I think. Jared Goff will have the better year, but I'd rather have just Matt the Ryan trust that all. I can place
1: in a guy like Matt just Ryan versus Baker. the trust that I can place in a guy like Jared Goff.
3: Even though he's one of the like worst
1: crunch time mm. quarterbacks over the past few years, and then Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I thought, like I'm totally on the Baker thought train with you.
2: I'm throwing Danny Dimes just because. I'm going to throw in Danny Dimes just because you mentioned him being that much higher, and I' yeah, take Jared I'm going to go out. Jared Goff I don't think too.
1: Danny Dimes. At all. He's got our, he just never let me look at I'm well. curious at how old Jared Goff is and how many years he has left on his deal. I'm going to look at that up. He's got to be got
2: drafted in like 2015. how many, so how many years
1: do you, do you think Jared Goff is the quarterback for the majority of Jamison Williams career?
3: hell no i
2: i was talking about it before i said they have the foundation to keep shopping for this new quarterback and then just plug him in and he should be instantly successful because they have all the pieces they need you got to imagine they're going to be looking in the draft for this because you can't afford to pay another guy because this offensive line's going to run out your weapon's going to run out you have to resign these guys and they're going to have that rookie window for quarterbacks i they have to so this is,
1: so Jared Goff is signed a four-year, $134 million contract with the Rams, um, but then he got traded two years into that deal to the Lions, uh, just last year, obviously, in the Matthew Stafford trade. Um, he has this year, and once he plays out this year, there's a potential out, but then there's uh, two more years after that potential. So they have to make a decision after this coming season whether or not they think he's so, do you think Jared Goff is the guy after this year? I think
3: they're going to have too good of
2: a draft position to get one of those top um. guys. That's what's going to worry me. Because they're in the NFC, it's kind of weak, in this team, they were competing every game last year. If they just had any receiving breakout break out early in the year, I think they could have pulled through and on some of those games. And losing uh. Jeff Okuda was big, because he, he started to show some glasses of being solid, and then a kill, boom, done for the year. No making up for that. Secondary was <laughs> god-awful after that point. So I I think with Dan Campbell, they can manage to find some fire in their souls, because they were pulling through almost every game last year with zero talent, and now this team is infinitely better. Yeah. Than I also love what year.
1: they did in the draft. I heard uh, Dan Campbell it came out and said, but like, his draft strategy was like, I want dudes who absolutely love the game of football. Like will die and cut their heads off for the game of football. Something in a Dan Campbell way of saying it. But um,
2: Busting right, back exactly.
1: Back. And Aiden Hutchinson, obviously <laughs> one of those guys. James Williams, obviously one of those guys. And then I forget the linebacker they drafted out of Oklahoma State. Malcolm Rodriguez. I brought him up.
2: That dude. He put up 34 reps reps on the bench. He's like five ten, and he's just pumping out two.
1: Because he was playing, uh, they they played Notre Dame in the bowl three. game, and Notre Dame was up like what, like 30 points at half. And Rod Rodriguez absolutely Uh-oh. unfazed. Like he was the captain of that defense. Like he's got the uh, the neck pad, like classic light.
2: Yes, that is how you know they love football. Is when you see that old school line with exactly. neck roll. Exactly. I, I was like, that.
1: this dude's a fucking dog. And he was like screaming on the sidelines and I was like, This man's legit. <laughs> like he's ready to go. That is a thing. Right. Damn and what cool do you know? They don't there. allow <laughs> another point for the entire game and they come back to win it. So crazy shit. But um all right. Uh, do we go through the additions and departures for the Alliance, obviously.
2: I did. I mean, the departures is pretty quick and yes, pretty fact, irrelevant. <laughs> He's fact, not going to leave.
1: Um, really quick, I want to ask you, so obviously there was a lot of debate on whether, uh, whether or not Hutchinson should have been the number one overall draft pick over a guy like Trayvon Walker. That was the thought process leading into the draft, and then those last couple of weeks, Trayvon Walker shot up the board in Jacksonville Jaguar style. Um, but what, like, Do you think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a perennial type of player, like a franchise-defining type of defensive player?
2: I think he's going to be like a lesser version of the Bosa brothers. He's just a great technician, got a good motor when he plays, but I don't see him quite as elite as them. But I think he's going to be a star in the league. He's going to make Pro Bowls and stuff like that. He's a much safer pick than Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker, I wouldn't have minded. I, I guess it's a good situation being across from Josh Allen, but I would want him next to a more proven edge rusher so he doesn't attract any double teams. And you can just send him in as that pure athlete and try to win. But uh, Hutch is, in my opinion, there's no way he doesn't outplay what Trayvon Walker is going to on Fair these rookie contract.
1: And one more. I'll be the most interesting guy for both of us on this list, and you were looking to draft him. Uh, headed over to L.A., but Jameson Williams. So, will he be able to play, like, week one?
3: um, Nine months, he got hurt, January.
2: He should be right around there. It depends on how cautious they're being. Because he is a rookie, you don't want to force him in. You want him to learn the playbook, kind of assimilate, build some chemistry with golf. I'm not sold on week one just because it was January as opposed to, like, if he did it in October or even when John Mechie did it, mm-hmm. in like, mid-December. But he'll definitely be in there and playing at week- some point this um, season. Just, don't, just temper your expectations at first because he's got a lot of growing yeah, to sure. do in that offense. He'll be good down the road. Maybe, like, kind of like Amon Ra last year where he comes on in his but last year. But you got to
1: love what the Lions are putting together, especially on offense right now. I mean – you got them. Uh,
2: yes, that offense. You yeah, one week exactly. And if
1: you can, I mean, that's a goal. You know, you want to build your team uh, way all like the teams that go quarterback first and then try to build around the quarterback usually don't do that well.
2: They back themselves into a wall because then you have to pay the quarterback and you can't afford to keep the right. guys exactly. You are going to
1: like, see that situation unfold with guys like Zach Wilson, Dustin Fields. Like these teams were not ready for a quarterback to. Like, and they started him right away, and it sucked. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, Detroit is preparing. Even Kyler Murray in Arizona, that is living proof right now because he is all but begging for a contract. He's acting like the toddler he is and sitting <laughs> out until he gets his money. <laughs> Little guy. What's, oh, my God. That, we had so many Kyler jokes during the last past year all just flooding back in head. Yeah, it, just, and it was so especially easy. Especially with all the social media shit that he does now. But anyway, um, would you put Jameson Williams in the same – if he had not gotten injured? And, I mean, yeah. Oh, he would have been one. Like he one of been one been in the game. draft?
2: He was still almost like, number one receiver
1: here. The first yeah. wide receiver drafted or the first person
2: drafted? First receiver, not number one overall. He, he probably might have edged yeah. him to the top five.
1: He so, are we –
2: It was a one-year sample size, but he was just beautiful. He was going against some of the best corners in college, and when you get coconut, I mean, Sauce was okay against him, but they were just panning up the gut. There was no need for a Williams. When you get
1: on the field as an Alabama football player, and everybody is clearly labeling you as the X factor in that offense, that's one hell of an accomplishment, my friend. Like. (laughs) Because, I mean, Alabama, the way it is, like, you go to Alabama so that you can compete against the best players in the world and practice every day your freshman, sophomore, junior year, you know, and then eventually you came up. Jameson was just dominating the whole receiver room, you know, and it wasn't really even close. Like, you got Mechie, that was pretty close behind. But, I mean, James Williams was, Jameson Williams was that guy, you know. So, would I want to ask you, like, would you put him in the same category as guys like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, like premier wide receiver prospects coming out? Like, would you... Those are the...
2: I would put them as like 1As and then the Jameson Williams of the world's 1Bs. They just... He's got the explosion and everything. It's just something a little different because they're a little lankier. They can get the, go up and get the ball a little better than a guy so like
1: Jameson. So what do you think a good player comp... like? I think he's better than a guy like Jaden Waddle.
3: I I put him just. Let's play a name game. Waddle. Would you rather with Jamison Williams? Speedier receiver. That's a.
2: I want to uh, I'd say just on body shape, kind of closer to Stefan Diggs, but a little thinner and leaner, but more realistic. Maybe like a Brandon Cooks, like an earlier huh. years Brandon Cooks.
1: Yeah, not no, that's—I mean—that's a pretty <laughs> good comp. I'm trying to think of like, you think he'll end up with a career
3: like AJ Green? Yeah. Hopefully not fall off, <laughs> but I could see him as a perennial wow. thousand-yard receiver.
1: That's good I shit. He, All right.
2: I, it might not happen in these first two right. years because of quarterback play, but
1: he's going to strike black. Yeah. Do you think he night steps night. in and this is the last James Williams? Week question that I'll ask. But um do you think he steps in right away as the one? Because like you said, you got a lot of mouths to feed there and those guys are also veterans.
2: Um one of the is gonna stay at the one at first because he's in the slot. He's the slot receiver. He's gonna be open. And Jameson has to kind of learn how to play those cornerbacks and get assimilated to the NFL in general because he's not gonna be able to practice in those mini camps
1: yeah, much. No, for sure. For sure. So all right. Let's, uh, let's dive into the overall – let's play some overall draft or overall offseason grades on the Detroit Lions. And I'll go ahead and go first. Like the Minnesota Vikings, but almost on a completely different scale because the Vikings have been so bad for so much longer, um, I think that they're starting to turn a new page. I mean, like you said, they – and we're really starting to speak into existence now. Like, they just need a quarterback now. Like, I mean – once you get...
2: Or they need the Jared yeah. Goff of old. <laughs> I Even a well, of I
1: don't know if they were trying to be concerned. Obviously, they were trying to be concerned. Damn. They might as well yeah, not have had a quarterback last first. year. Like, they could have done the same thing and been just as good. But, yeah, gotta think. Like, DeAndre Swift, who is an amazing pass catching back. Not to mention he's an amazing running back in general. Then you've got DJ Chark, still young. Like, really solid. Monroe St. Brown came on the scene last year and then you draft a guy like Jameson Williams, that premier number one threat in the future. You gotta look. and then not to mention with the number two overall pick, you drafted the guy who should have gone number one overall, and that's Aiden Hutchinson. Coming back. Yeah. Homegrown home power. Exactly. Home so grandpa. I think I think Detroit's starting to turn a new page here too. Year uh year three, year two of the Dan Campbell regime. Yeah, year two. Year two. And you saw you could tell how much and we talked about it last year, like you could tell how much those players wanted to play for Dan Campbell. Like the only reason that they
2: He literally cried at a week five loss. That man is just emotion pure fire. Everybody thinks like Mike Vrabel's like this hard out. Dan Campbell is Mike Vrabel. He's more emotional than him, but he's got that hard O football. The only reason
1: that the Lions won any games last year is because of their head coach Dan Campbell. Like he is that guy. He gets those guys to want to play for something, you know? So, year 2 of the Dan Campbell regime and you're getting your guys too. Like like I said, his draft strategy was to draft guys that fucking love the game of football. So you get, you're starting to get your guys in. And on the defensive side of the ball, you were guys like Hutchinson and Rodriguez. And you already got Okuda. I know he didn't draft him. But, you know, you're starting to... I think you're really really going to start to see the turn for the Lions this year um, under Dan Campbell. So, yeah, I like it. I'll go ahead and slap, uh, as far as a grade goes... A minus. Big fan.
3: I'm going to slap a solid A on this one. I'm not going
2: to say A plus because <laughs> they can't yeah. be win now right now, but they have every piece to start looking to win now in the future. Just the quarterback away. If they get any glimpse of golf, this could be a surprising team. Like, any glimpse of who he was underneath.
1: Exactly. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the Lions do, because the last time they were good was when Megatron was in a Lions uniform, and that's been a very long time. So, all right. So, the...
2: Yeah. Still only one playoff <sighs> one in franchise history, and they've been there since Jeez. the start. <laughs> well, the Super guys era, guys really like fucking Barry Sanders exciting. played for this
1: team at one point. Like, good lord. Fucking! How far they've fallen? But okay, well they haven't really fallen because they just always have been terrible, right? They've always exactly. Been <laughs> but um, okay. The over under is sitting at six and a half wins at MGM right now, and then as far as strength of schedule goes, they have the twenty eighth hardest schedule in football, aka the fifth easiest schedule oh, in football. Okay. So. That's pretty nice. That's pretty sweet. Um, they uh, they're the winning percentage uh, on average for their teams that they're playing this year. 0. .467. So in case you guys want that little snippet. But yeah, they're they have the fifth easiest schedule oh, going into God. this year. Over under sitting at six and a half. Hmm. I think they'll I think they'll win six games. I think they'll win six games. And it'll be, you'll finally start to see the glimpses of the Dan Campbell era coming to fruition here in a second year. But obviously still a lot of work to do. You need to coach all these guys up. Like, I mean, this, this cord that they got now cooking up, I mean, it's going to be great in a couple of years, but.
2: It's going to be there for years to come too, especially if they get a for yeah. this. I get that rookie quarterback contract, they can just re-sign all those big oh, yeah. names
1: that they got. Um, but I mean fifth easiest schedule in all of football, but it is still the Lions. So I'll go uh I'll go six wins. I'll go the under on six and a half, but I do really like this Lions team and what they did this year, so or in this offseason. So what you got?
3: I'm gonna come in hot here. Everybody's been talking about the Jets being the
2: next Bengals. I don't think an AFC team can be the next Bengals, except if you're considering last place in the division to first being the Ravens, considering they had no one on their opening day roster there by the end of the year. I think the Lions can be one of these worst to first teams. Now, unfortunately, they're against the Packers, but I think this team, they just need Jared Goff to not suck, and they can make a playoff push. They are a pretty strong team. They can compete with the Vikings. They can at least split with them, if not find some sort of fire under that Dan Campbell regime and maybe even sweep them. They can manage to snag a game from the Packers. And I think there's no reason they should not sweep the Bears. And then, like you said, they're facing all the last-place division finishers in the NFC. They should be able to win games. And I just think they're going to get over I think they can get to that 9-10 win thing. Maybe wow. sneak into the wild card. I love this team. I love what they're doing. And then late Jamison Williams emerging, up, emerging onto the scene gives them that little push they wow. need to playoffs. I like for. that.
1: I like that line of thinking. I think, I mean, you're starting to talk me into it, man. I mean.
2: <coughs> it's hard not to like Dan on exactly. this team. And everybody on this podcast loves Jamison Williams. So we're all going right. to have an affinity exactly. for that. But,
1: um like, Dan Campbell, he's going into year two of his regime, Kevin O'Connell this is his first year, you know so you can't necessarily judge Kevin O'Connell what he does based on the
2: growing 100% pain. there is going
1: to be growing pains there and if the Vikings I mean, they should have shown up to play last year but they didn't, they're not they have more likelihood of, of not showing up to play this year than they did last year because of the new coach so, I think the Lions, I mean, we've we mentioned the Vikings. They should be taking the wild card spot, but if the Vikings don't come to play this year, if Kirk does not come to play this year, then the Lions are taking that wild card spot. So, yeah, yeah,
2: they have the better trenches in my opinion because Vikings don't have a good line and the defensive line. I mean, they're solid, yeah. but they leave you wanting
1: more. Yeah. And they get to they get to build on the, the, these are the beginnings. You know, that's the crazy part. Like they got the the right core. They just they just need to bring in the right guys to surround those guys. So it'll be fun to watch over these next couple of years, but it'll take a couple of years to get rolling. So, but yeah, sneaky wildcard team for sure. I like that state of mind for the Lions this year. And I'm sure any Lions fans listening are absolutely ecstatic at hearing that. So gotta hopefully we made some uh, Detroit fans um, happy today. So, all right. Let's move on to the final team that we have on our NFC North teams and that is the dismal Chicago Bears, dude. Holy shit. They had a terrible offseason. Um I don't even have to read off the I haven't even taken a look at the names and I know that they Oh, we need to add
2: a Keen hicks to the department still. Yeah. <laughs> because he signed
1: after the camp was made. Yeah, yeah. With fucking crazy dude, it's absolutely crazy. Like off the top of my head, they easily had the worst offseason. Do you disagree? In the NFL, yeah. In the NFL, they like didn't even approach the
2: offense in a way they needed to. Yeah, this is horrible. You could not in the entire NFL. Time.
1: Like I'm not just saying this division. Like they had probably the worst off season in the entire NFL. Can you think of other guys like? Sure, maybe other teams didn't move, but...
2: I mean, Jaden made us do... Or I already finished my preseason power rankings for everything. For their offense, I put them at the worst. And for their defense, I put them at fourth worst. (laughs) There was nothing I liked about them except Justin Fields. They did okay in the draft, I guess, but they didn't approach things to protect or give Justin Fields what do exactly. You exactly. We were just talking
1: about it with the Lions. Like, they're setting themselves up. They're setting, they're building the pieces around the quarterback. Chicago took the other way, the other approach, and drafted their quarterback first. See
2: if this quarterback is worth anything. Right, right. exactly.
1: And then we'll <laughs> figure it out. And then we'll hire a defensive minded head coach to coach up this guy. It's like, what What are we doing, man? But, but.
2: They basically right. got Matt Nagy That was so good. 100 bad. Like, like you He's so reluctant to build around s- Justin Fields for some reason. Why trade up for the number 10 pick to get him if you're not going to put in Like, any maybe not the
1: same, like the same level, of electricity maybe, but maybe, yes, you could run the Kyler Murray offense at Kingsbury Runs with Justin Fields. It'd be great, you know, but you won't be yeah. able to do that with Matt <laughs> Eberflute. So, uh, Adroid Talk Show hits us with a great podcast, fellas. Keep putting out content. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate the love. By
2: the way, sorry we kind of crashed on <laughs> Russell Wilson last episode. It is what it is. Gotta, gotta do our jobs,
1: you know. It is what it is. Gotta, gotta stay.
2: It's a shame that I'm like the new Russ hater and I was like the most positive one on him and I wasn't on the podcast to like defend him at all. It just turned into a bad shit right. for Russell
1: That's Wilson. Right. I mean, we were about to hand him the. Uh, what was the award that we did at the end of the live show? Dude. The clown of the year? Didn't we, get, didn't we give him the Clown of the Year? Yes. <laughs> yeah. He, I think we might
2: have. Yeah. Because when he was nice injured, now. he was walking out
1: there in, his, yeah, in the captain circle in his sweats to help like flip the coin. It's like, what are you doing, bro? Please. Like, this is painful. But anyway. All right. Let's dive into this absolutely horrid Chicago Bears offseason. Um, on the addition side, they bring in head coach. New head coach Matt Eberflus, um, defensive coordinator with the Colts for a while. Um, not a fan. Absolutely not a fan. Nothing that I've seen. Right, like I get it. Like if you're going off the mentality, like oh, like we're the Chicago Bears, we want to return it back to like Bears football. That doesn't exist anymore, guys. Like that kind of football doesn't happen anymore. Like no.
2: You don't, and you don't draft a Justin Fields who's a flashy. Quarterback, and that shows you the change of regime,
1: you know, like the, t- like the literally this team last year was thinking about their offense, but now they want to return back to like a, I don't know, like Bears, the Bears defensive prominence, but that's not, that doesn't happen anymore.
3: Why wouldn't you just bring in Lovey Smith you again
1: be- if you were going to do that? Like, <sighs> it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. You have a premier quarterback prospect sitting in your lap waiting, begging to be developed and I don't know, last year he doesn't throw to Allen Robinson at all because Matt Nagy is incompetent and it's going to be I mean, he has nobody to throw to now, so I don't know
2: I've got Darnell who is they're by far and away their number one and then nobody that should even be getting right. considerable exactly. reps
1: um on the addition side as well, um hater of the would you would you venture to say that Ibrahuse might be the worst hire of the offseason as far as head coach show, head coaching vacancies go?
3: Yeah, he'd be my worst. I maybe like Lovey
2: Smith might be worse just because he is another bridge head coach for the Texans, just another scapegoat for them. But if you're looking to build and start a team in Frank, no why would you sign him? I, we were saying the same thing about Sirianni last year, so maybe that Frank Reich tree has something to it, and he's gonna be better than expected. But I Frank don't
1: Reich fucking though. lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the last week, uh, regular season last year. I'm a huge fan of Frank Reich, but jeez, maybe that coaching tree has something. Maybe.
2: I mean, he wasn't the one fumbling and turning it over himself, but he could have done better to play ball Throughout college. the year.
1: But um, anyway, uh, Matt Eberflus, yeah. the new head coach in Chicago, and that stinks. Uh, wide receiver Velis Jones? Velas Jones?
2: It, interesting fact about him. He's 25. Juju Smith-Schuster is younger than him, and he's played four years in the NFL. And he is younger than this receiver, who was projected as a fifth rounder and went in second. Well,
1: like, we've we mentioned <laughs> with so many yeah, guys, definitely. like, there was a run on wide receivers. Everybody was so afraid that their guy was going to go. Where did he go to college? And, oh, okay. he stinks. Apparently, Fields hand-picked him. He
2: watched his tape and handpicked. them, so I can't shit on the GM. Bro, you're asking much, your. You're, you're asking so. your
1: fucking rookie quarterback.
2: <laughs> you Justin Fields like you're asking your
1: rookie quarterback. Or. Like I mean, I guess that's good, you know. But what does Justin Fields know about what kind of NFL wide receiver or what kind of wide receiver is going to translate well to the NFL? Like he hasn't had, he hasn't seen a good wide receiver on the same football field as him. Allen Robinson.
2: He had
0: Allen Robinson booting last year.
1: Mudi no. is a
2: very solid receiver. I'll give him that, but it's no, not a number one. He He's receiver. a
1: very nice number two, but um, okay. Uh, but they bring in Phelis Jones from Tennessee in the draft. Uh, they also bring in wide receiver Byron Pringle, who's not listed on the graphic, uh, but he they brought him in from the Chiefs. Uh, what their fifth or sixth option last year? He did have he.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah he like 30, he became at one point <laughs> a trusted target for Patrick Mahomes, when he was really struggling.
2: He had better hands than Mecole, and I think yeah. that got him the same time. Same players right, as Nicole, just right. catch
1: him um, <laughs> But, yeah, they also bring in Byron Pringle. Trusty target, I guess, but not anywhere near talent. I wouldn't call him talented. Like, I wouldn't even put it that way. Like, uh, compared to guys in the, obviously, he's fucking good at football. He's in the he's NFL, got, but like... He's got... Yeah, he's, a he's a wide receiver. Right. He's a warm-bodied <laughs> wide receiver. That's about all you can say for Byron Pringle. But, um, and who happened to have Patrick motherfucking Mahomes as a quarterback. So that probably made Byron Pringle look pretty fucking good. But then you move on to Eberflus and Justin Fields, and that's going to be rough. But uh, also on the addition side, they bring in Kyler Gordon, cornerback out of Washington, uh, one of the uh, higher-rated cornerback prospects from the draft. And they also bring in safety Jaquan Brisker from Penn State. Uh, so that's, he was projected possibly to go in the first round, but ends up, did he? No, he ended up falling out of the first round because the Bears didn't have.
3: He's a second round. Right. They got Gordon. Which is, in the second.
1: That's pretty solid for value, you know.
3: Yeah, I
2: I like both of them. I can't complain. I can complain about them, but if you're not the Chicago Bears and you get both of those guys in the second, I'm saying you killed oh, yeah. your first two picks of the draft. But unfortunately, they have no offensive tends line in their issue. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> tends to be an issue for a uh, young up and coming quarterback. Um, but on the departure side, uh, Matt Nagy. See you later. I'm not giving you any claps, dude. You didn't have. You barely had a career. So he's. <laughs> Now the quarterback coach in KC, which is, yeah, which is bizarre. It's wild. But, okay, congrats Matt Nagy for finding another job in football. Didn't think that was going to happen. But, yeah, man, hey, he's cheating the system. Good shit. Uh, Also on the departure side, uh, wide receiver Allen Robinson. That's a huge departure. Um, You wouldn't know it from watching any of the games last year because they didn't seem to want to throw him the ball at all. Uh, I don't think really
2: yeah. wanted to be there either. <laughs> he adamantly said he did not want to yeah. play on the and He
1: came out like halfway through the season and he was like, you know, like I'm trying to help, like yeah, I've just kind of realized my role this year is like helping out the young quarterback figure out some stuff. But like, you're not throwing him the ball. What are you figuring out? Like if, if you weren't throwing the obviously what he's telling him he's not listening to because otherwise you'd be getting the ball more often. But like, last year, Allen Robinson, top 10, top 12 wide receiver in the NFL. Now, where are we putting him? He's probably
3: out, like, top 25, maybe, top 30
2: for sure, but he's struggling for the top 25 because he put up an average split. Allen Robinson, and so
1: those unfamiliar, Allen Robinson now plays with the Rams alongside Cooper Cup. Uh, but Allen Robinson or a guy like Michael Thomas? It's close. Both guys that fell out I of probably, promise.
2: I worry so much about Thomas's ankle at this point.
1: Yeah, no. I totally understand that. Um, Alan Robinson or a guy like Bobby Trees?
3: I'm giving it uh, Robinson. Not by an insane amount, but enough. Because he's a uh, bigger body.
1: And he's <laughs> made up. Alan Robinson so <laughs> or Adam Thielen?
3: Even a slight yeah. edge to Robinson. I mean, if we're talking about top-tier receivers, are we talking
2: about the top three guys, Chase Claypool?
3: <laughs> they
2: can a Rob
1: or him? Uh, okay. Well, Claypool, obviously we already talked about the Steelers, so we won't get a chance to uh, go back and...
3: Oh, yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. I like, mean, so Chase Claypool,
1: <laughs> um, just two days ago, or three days ago, two days ago, um, he came out on the I Am Athlete podcast and said that he was a... He first said that he was a top-five wide receiver, and then Brandon Marshall was like, nah, bro, you're a top-three. And he was like, I bet I'm a top-three wide receiver in the league. And it's like, I appreciate that mentality, 100%. Like, I mean, if you're in the NFL, you have to have that mentality, you know? And I think... Especially receiver, right. you have to be it that think guy. Same thing with Juju, like... Uh, a little less with Juju. I think Claypool has a little bit more potential at this point. But um, you, he was just at the mercy or at the will of Ben Roethlisberger. Like, yeah, he just...
2: Quarterback. It's your lowest quarterback he right. named on that PFF ranking. Yeah, exactly. The run.
1: absolute bottom floor quarterback of the PFF rankings from last year. Well, yeah.
2: We had five foot ten Asante Samuel guarding Claypool and they were throwing jump balls the whole game and then was still under throwing them and five foot ten Asante Samuel was going like yeah, fifty But 50 when Claypool, 50 like,
1: 50. like if he's getting the ball that's on target, he's mossing that shit like he proved it his rookie year. You know? So I think that Claypool definitely has the potential to be one of the guys in the NFL. Um, but it's not right now.
3: Now, I don't think he'll be a top yeah, tier at any point. He might make his way into Five. like top I'll say
2: top twenty because I, I think he's too much of a head case in his own to really right. go to that top tier. Nobody's gonna want to force the action to him when you gotta worry about him <laughs> doing a move the chain sign when the clock's still running and grinding. TikToks
1: on. or whatever. Dude, did you see some of Juju's new TikToks? Yeah. I have. <laughs> He did, and be he's off. been off of it for the most part, but I saw one the other day. He was in full uniform and in his new Chiefs uniform, and he was, like, pointing, like doing a whole dance, like, pointing. Like, I was like, dude, bad look, bro. Bad look. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to blow him up nice, any day
2: now. <laughs> but
1: yeah, so Allen Robinson, no longer a Chicago Bear. He's now with the Rams, so hopefully he can repeat some of the success that OBJ found last year after he left. His very unfavorable destination in Cleveland, and moved over to LA. So Allen Robinson looking for similar success over there, but he's no longer a Chicago Bear. Uh, the guard James, their guard James Daniels, also headed out of town, and of course outside linebacker Khalil Mack is no longer with the Chicago Bears. So I'll go. I mean, I'll go ahead and go first, just because like this. This makes this is one of my more passionate like teams that I want to break down just cuz it's so fucking bad. Like, oh my god. Like, what they gave up, definitely should have gotten more for Khalil, eh, Khalil Mack. Like, what they get? Fifth rounder? They got a second. They got a second and a sixth. And then
2: what they did was they gave us back the sixth for two seventh rounders. Like, bro.
3: They basically and, got nothing. And then
1: they the they ate the contract, there.
3: didn't they? No, they ate the rest.
2: They had a signing bonus left. Signing bonus, the team that okay. signed them has. So, I mean, if you're star- I mean, we realistically could have just had his guaranteed money out of the way this year and then cut him with no financial stuff, but we restructured it. Looking back on this Khalil Mack
1: trade, time. though, like kind of looking at it from 5,000 feet now, back when uh, Chicago traded for him out of, um, out of Vegas or back when they were Oakland still. So much dude. So like running. I would be interested I would be interested to look back nothing. and see exactly what the return is now considering all those draft picks have been drafted now. Oh the Raiders blew it.
3: Yeah. The
2: Raiders were
1: blowing every last week. Of one. course, <laughs> in classic Raider fashion. But but dude, they gave up like you look at it on like a face value, like, oh my god. And then Khalil Mack just disappeared in Chicago. Like he didn't disappear. He just dealt with injuries.
2: That first year when he had Staley's working on the line with him, he was a mess. He was a defensive player of the year candidate. And last year he had like 6 forced fumbles in the eight games he played or whatever it was. It's just yeah, he couldn't stay healthy. That cold weather's not good for his joints. He's got to get a okay, lot warm weather in L.A.
1: Um, but, like, I remember he had only had two, I believe it might have only been one, double-digit sack seasons with the Bears.
2: Yeah, too. But he also was dealing with injuries. He had good pressure rates and stuff like that still.
1: Right. It's just he wouldn't break right. in. I job. mean it is fucking Khalil Mac, so yeah. You it, get yeah double team exactly. It is fucking Cleo Mac, so respect there. But looking back on it just organizationally, what you gave up for Cleo Mac, it's a huge loss now looking back on it. Um and still have yeah. You're sure. yeah. you're Absolutely. cleaning the slate, like I get it. Like you're clearing the books of your old like your old contracts, you're starting fresh with the new regime and everything. But terrible start. Iberflus fucking sucks. Like I mean, who knows? He might be a great head coach. Just I I'm a t- not feeling too great about this one. Like, not feeling too great about this one. And like, why would you go to full clean slate? When you've got year two of Justin Fields coming up. Like, you want to go full bore, clean slate now when your rookie quarterback's year two in? Like, you should not be wiping the table clean right now. You know? Like... Uh, What I think their
2: mentality is, though, is we want to build up the defense because it's hard to truly build a good defense. They got rid of Mac, got some picks out of it. They got Gordon and Brisker. And they still have Goldman, Jalen Johnson, and uh, Roquan Smith. So they have good pieces on defense. Defensive line's kind of rough. And then they want to see if they can continue with the Justin Fields project, I think, because it's not this current team
1: that drafted him.
2: So they're giving him absolutely fucking nothing
1: and seeing if he can create with it and then decide. Good they luck. Go, go out him. there. Kill it out there, kid. Like, it's like, what the they are literally right. going to
2: kill him exactly. out there. It's <laughs> they're doing. Appalling
1: to me. Appalling. But I think that Justin Fields, I mean, coming, looking back on that draft class now, do you think Justin Fields will be the least successful quarterback from those first-round quarterbacks? So Trey Lance, um, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence. I think so, because I don't think he's ever going to get a fair
3: shot. I mean... Trevor Lawrence has bad
2: receivers too, but he's also got a much better offensive line. It's not amazing, but it—they got rid of their one competent mm-hmm. offensive lineman this offseason. season. They just let him go for a really cheap deal to Pittsburgh, and said, "Screw it, Justin Fields can run. He can get away from it. Let's exactly. see what he this got." This
1: is a terrible game plan, especially to Toledo. If they don't burn him out yeah. by year yeah. three, yeah. I mean a miracle. Th- Maybe that's part of the reason why they drafted Justin Fields in the first place. Because you you think back, like, the thing that...
2: They traded up for him, too. Like, they're going to get rid of him after year two, because they didn't want the previous regime's quarterback after they gave right. up exactly. to move off And the maybe
1: game. the reason that they took him yeah. is because, like, and obviously isn't the same regime that drafted Justin Fields, but, like, they took him so that... Because they they knew he was going to take a fucking beating. And, like, what I think of, and I think of Justin Fields immediately, is I think when he took that shot in the national, or in the semifinal game.
3: Yeah, yeah. exactly. And just kept playing like a dog. Like,
1: maybe they saw that and they were like, oh, that's our guy. He's not going to become a vegetable after we just let him get slammed for two years. Or it's kind of like
2: the Panthers thing. When they were talking about going up and getting... um, can he pick it at six like they're just trying to save their ass and their job exactly by taking the quarterback and then they didn't even start him off the bat they i would like, love to see i would love to see i'm so gonna do
1: a little crazy. stat dive uh, after the podcast because i would love to see the success rate for quarterbacks who were drafted by a previous regime to try and save their jobs and then move on to another head coach the next year i want I would love to see how successful those guys actually are, as far as first-round quarterbacks go, because I can't imagine it's too great. I can think of one hit. Herbert
3: Baker's looking a little rough right now. Um, who else do we have? Other
2: two? No, two. I had two years of Flores. Well, I guess you can kind of count that. And we'll see going forward on him. But off the top of my head, the only one that really worked was uh, Herbert. Wait,
1: Cliff? No, Cliff drafted Murray. Ooh, Ooh. I know exactly. I'll be. I'm (laughs) going to dive into it after this and uh, next podcast. I'll uh, share that information public. But um, all right, because I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to dive into that because I don't know where the hell you would find a stat like that. But um, all right, let's dive into our uh, off-season grades for the Bears, and I'll go ahead and make this short and sweet. Um, I will go ahead and. Dude. Okay. Oh. I'll go ahead and go D+. Plus because if their plan is like, hey, we want to reinstill the defense, which is a terrible plan. Um, but if that is their plan, um, they're doing it, I guess, the right way-ish. Uh, you bring in Iberflus, defensive-minded head coach. Not smart to do. Um, then you bring in two guys at good value in the draft with Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. Um, But... Still giving it a D-plus because overall it just fucking stinks. So D-plus is how nice I'm going to be.
3: I'm not going to be
2: as nice. I'm going to say D because I do like Gordon and Brisker as prospects, but those are the only picks I like. They got Felix Jones Jr. for drastic overdraft, and then they got nothing worthwhile in the sixth and seventh round. They had like 11 picks and seven of them. We're in those last two rounds. You're not going to get much value out of that. You're getting special teamers and then one guy who can start most of the time in that situation. They're just going about this horribly. They're throwing Justin Fields into the fire. He, I understand it was a previous regime, but you just lost your first round pick this year because they moved up for him, and he has talent. He could easily be the best quarterback <laughs> in Bears history by just throwing for like 25 touchdowns yeah. and 3,500 yards. It's that easy. He's already your best quarterback ever, and they're just going to get him murdered. Darnell Mooney is your number one receiver. He's solid. But then after that, you have Bealus Jones Jr. and Byron Pringle, who you are reluctant to even have as a fifth receiver on a team. It's... It's ugly. And the offensive line got worse from being like a bottom five offensive line. Considering
1: that this was not the... I mean, we've mentioned it a hundred times. Considering that this was not the crew that drafted Justin Fields, how likely... Do you think it is that, let's say the Bears really suck this year, which I think that's pretty fair to say. Uh, Let's say they really suck and they end up with a top two draft pick this year. Or next year. Do you think they take a guy like C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young?
2: I think they go. Because I think Fields will still save flashes. I think Will Anderson's going to be the guy. Because that defensive line still isn't very good. And he's still a generational prospect. Looking at it right now, he's the And guy if you're done.
1: looking if you're going defense, then Right, Plus exactly. The yeah, running. like if they're going all in <laughs> on the defense, which again, that does not work anymore. Good luck. But that's not gonna work. I mean I don't know. Good luck though, guys. Yeah, you I can, can try, try. But um but yeah. There's a reason why
2: this team hadn't been great in a long time because they're so stuck in their exactly. old way. You get
1: it. Bringing a guy like Will Anderson next year, that makes sense, for sure, for sure. But I definitely think that they have a solid chance to end up with a top three draft pick next year.
2: Yeah, I mean they're rivaling people like the Houston Texans for this topic. Houston Texans and Seahawks. They're all gonna be duking it out. Falcons too. That's like a clear bottom right. four between them. So
1: let's hop into the uh the over unders without further ado or the over under on the win total. Um as far as strength of schedule goes, they are tied for the twenty fourth hardest schedule in the football league this year, but that means that they are tied for the seventh easiest schedule, uh, obviously. But um yeah, because that NFC fucking stinks. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as their over/under on the win total, they are sitting at six and a half projected wins. I know.
2: How the fuck are they projected the same as the Lions? That is I know. just
1: so tragedy. Go ahead, go ahead and speak for us both, Mitch.
2: Uh, I'm hammering this under. I am running to the casino and sports books to get this and this team's down. Fucking. I mean, they get gritty wins. They did it last year, but they're not gonna get seven. Absolutely of them.
1: not. And you think Justin Fields makes it through an entire year this year Or getting is, injured?
2: I he'll get like an ankle sprain or hamstring pulled or something. He's not gonna play the full 17. I mean, six and a half. For the over under, that's like free money yeah. if you bet the under.
1: <laughs> they do have, like, I will give them a credit because I just don't want to spend this whole time just absolutely taking a shit on the Chicago Bears.
2: They have a good foundation for defense, minus the defensive line. Like, I'm fine oh, with We also forgot for to mention Akeem Hicks, Hicks
1: also headed out of town. Huge. Yeah, huge another one. loss for them.
2: They got Justin Jones to replace him. Ooh, from the Jets, he's okay at best. Like he's a starter, yeah, but hardly
1: sure. that. But <laughs> it's gonna look rough for the Chicago Bears. Oh well. Anyway, so the good parts, the good things that I'll say, I think David Montgomery's gonna have a solid career. I think he showed really good things at the end because a lot of people were starting to lose faith in Monty. And towards the end of the year last year, he really started to pick it up. Um, was a nice option in fantasy. Towards the end of the year too. Um, Darnell Mooney, I think he'll have a good year. I don't think he'll break a thousand yards though, because I don't think I don't think this offense is
3: gonna cook. Would you take Darnell Mooney over Chase Claypool? Absolutely not. Uh, Absolutely not. Claypool's leaps and bounds above a Darnell Mooney, in my opinion. I don't
1: know about leaps and bounds, but he's got a lot more to this. But um yeah, Clay pool, that's a good one, though. All right, let's move on from the Bears. Finally, I didn't want to do that, that was so bad. Yeah, it made me sick to my that stomach. Was I,
2: I know you were probably like thinking, F, 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 Yeah, but
1: you wanted to be nice because we just I know exactly because like I have a couple of Bears fans that uh, go to Kentucky and they listen to the podcast. Like, I don't want to spend the entire 10 15 minutes just taking a shit on everything in their future. <laughs> like, hey. so
2: you guys have Kyler Gordon, Jalen Johnson, Jaquan Frisker, Roquan Smith. You have that's very, another good thing, though. Like, you mentioned
1: Roquan, thing. Like, and this is the last thing we'll say about the Bears, but like, that's a little bit of a project still ongoing, too. Like, because Roquan can't. He's kind of under- Right, he, he, was next, yeah, he was supposed to be the next. Yeah, he was supposed to be the next like huge middle linebacker coming through. But he's still a work in progress. They have yet to figure him out fully. You know. Well,
2: linebacker's kind of like a thing to pass. You don't need an amazing one anymore. It's nice
1: to have. Apparently, the Bears the feel like they out, do
2: because Bears
1: linemen's all over the, <laughs> the Bears field. with their defensive philosophy. It seems like they got. It feels like Roquan's going to be a huge part of what they're doing in Chicago. So, yeah, always be on. <laughs> times, always <laughs> Jeez, that's one way to play a football game, man. That's one way. Special teams.
3: <laughs> I hope they're
2: offering like a loyalty discount oh. for showing up for season ticket because yeah, this is gonna be.
1: Bad. They're moving in a new stadium here pretty soon, so hey, that's.
3: One of the yeah. I mean that's a new wave. Like the small stadiums that, are the, the new wave.
1: Washington's it. doing the same thing. I don't want to talk about Washington. Please don't make me.
3: Just be glad I'm no, not fuck, the ball yeah. anymore. You
1: mean you mean the?
3: You don't have yeah, to worry about human feces like
2: falling on you from a sewer
1: pipe above your head, or falling off a guardrail almost into a quarterback on the sideline. No Commies, baby. <laughs> But yeah, well Bears fans, that should make you feel better, man. Like as most of the stuff I just
2: you have Justin Fields
3: and you have Right Most you of the Justin stuff that I just be. said about
1: the Bears could be said about the Washington football team or the Washington commanders. Anyway, all right, well, that just about does us for uh the NFC North man. that felt pretty good though. uh appreciate the uh the chats that we got. Got some dude who's trying to uh, promote us or trying to. Want to become famous? Buy followers, primes, and viewers on mountviewers.com. Oh, Thanks, man. Uh, hopefully, we do become famous.
2: Oh, and if anybody hates our comparisons or thinks differently of like the Chase Claypool versus like, Darnell Mooney of the world, feel free to comment. Oh, on yeah. Because we're probably going to keep doing this. And feel free to comment yeah, on com- our post for the division. Comment and comment on the Instagram post
1: oh, yeah. too, because like we'll, we'll bring those kind of debates into the podcast, and we will address every single question asked in the chat. So if you're listening,
2: we might even start doing like Instagram stories for these comparisons, just to add yeah. interactions to it. Because not everybody's going to be available for mm-hmm. the live ones to give us that feedback, but we can always go back and make an Instagram story exactly to see exactly. What the consensus exactly. Uh
1: One thing we forgot to mention. Uh, before we sign off, congratulations to Rob Gronkowski on a fantastic football career. Good shit, Gronk. Love to see that man. <laughs> exactly. You think so?
2: You rest up here, yeah, many fair fans, man. Fair you rest but yeah, yeah, Gronk. I I hope he's back because that best ball lineup I was actively drafting, and then he went and retired like four hours mm, after that pick. Ouch. I
3: was a little
1: all time really quick, <laughs> rapid fire. Can go eat Is Rob
3: Gronkowski the best tight end of all time? <laughs> I'm going to give him the nod, yeah. Because he yeah. contributed
2: to blocking. Not a lot. Like Travis Kelsey, Tony Gonzalez. Antonio Gates was a little better of a blocker, I guess. But he's not yeah. as good as a receiver as Gronk.
1: He's just right. as I mean, he was Allen the most player. trusted target of the best football player of all time during his prime Super Bowl run. So... And then won another Super Bowl with him this past year.
2: And if he had stayed healthy, his numbers would have been eye-popping. Like, he would have right. obviously been the number one guy. He would have passed Gabe East, and touchdowns. him. Yeah, for if sure. He had but had when you play
1: him. the style of play that Gronk's playing, it's hard to stay motherfucking healthy. You know? But, yeah, congrats to Gronk. Um, but, yeah, that does this for our NFC North episode. Uh, keep an eye out for our next NFC episode. Not sure what division that's going to be. but Keep an eye out. For- what is it? Oh, I, I think he
2: talked about. Oh, yeah, you're right. Idea. We
1: we might have a pretty uh pretty interesting guest on for the NFC East episode, but I won't spoil anything. But hopefully, that'll be a good time. But either way, you got the boys breaking down the rest of the divisions in the NFC, and it's a good fucking time.
2: Keep the post notifications on. To find oh yeah, out keep who your post notifications is.
1: on. Follow us on all the social media accounts. Jaden is still killing it with that shit. Um, We got our links in our bio for people always come to me about like questions about where you can find the YouTube like oh, we couldn't find we spent an hour looking for it like what you do go on Instagram go to our bio click on YouTube or Twitch and then cast that to your TV like it takes two seconds especially with YouTube like it just cast it to your TV or go if you have your YouTube account on your TV click on the link in our bio click on it. Watch a little bit of a video, then go into your recents and find our video. You know, it's not, it's pretty self explanatory. So hopefully, hopefully, you can find our videos in the future. And if you're listening to the audio version, we appreciate you. Uh, I mentioned last podcast, Sydney, Australia, and Pow Solo. uh, I I don't really mean to, I really appreciate Pow, whatever it is. Uh What is it? Sao Paulo. Like, I don't.
2: I mean, uh, my list right now might be butchering it a little bit. Yeah, I don't mean to. I'm not throwing any respect on Sao Paulo um,
1: or Sydney, Australia. Like, thank you guys. We really appreciate you listening to the audio version. But um, but yeah, good shit, and we will catch you for the next uh, NFL.